Remember to check out the Sunday School video for today on Jacob and Esau. You can find a link to it in the video description below. Do you know, little child, what is in you? Can you dream, little child, of going far? Do you know, little child, of the power you've been given? Do you know, little child, whose you are? Jesus is the truth and all the world.
is the one who loves me so. Follow your heart and your feelings is all my friends seem to believe. There has to be more than this has in store before this shall ceases to breathe. Could it be Christ is my Savior? He's proven himself in the past by walking on water and raising the dead, ascending triumphant at last. Now I know that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the Have you ever noticed that it seems like there are some people who are just naturally going to follow God, and then some people who are just naturally going to be opposed to Him? And and we might even use the term so you know harsh as to say that they would even hate Him. Now there can be any number of reasons for this. You know, sometimes people don't like the idea of a being so powerful that He could create everything that we see. Sometimes people don't like Him just because. They don't like to be told what to do. And, and since the beginning of time, God has laid out some rules, so to speak. I mean, it makes sense. He's the one who created everything. So, of course, there might be some rules that he would ask us to follow. Those rules, I would say, are not just to, for us to have to follow some checklist. Those rules are more or less, at least, for our own good, for our own safety, to help us. Well, whenever we get into the pages of the New Testament, you know, we find out that people responded very similarly to Jesus. Some people liked him and some people didn't. I mean, how else do you explain the fact that on any given time, Jesus might have multitudes of people, you know, thousands of people following him. And then even whenever he goes into Jerusalem toward the end of each one of the gospels, he's being praised and they're crying out to him, Hosanna and calling him king. And, and really, it's a wonderful celebration. But then a week later, they put him to death. You know, isn't it kind of odd that we see things like that? Well, we have a phrase, a familiar phrase to, to all of us that I think kind of helped explain some of that. We have the phrase, like father, like son. And I think for us, what we need to understand is really that phrase can be taken one step farther. And it can include us because it could be also stated like father, like son, and like Christians because we are supposed to be followers of Jesus. Well, in John chapter 15, and going on also into chapter 16, what we're going to see is Jesus is giving his disciples some information. In fact, in this passage, we're going to see some answers to some questions that, you know, maybe you have wondered about from time to time. And Jesus himself is giving his closest disciples this information. And it's great for us to learn today, too. When we look at John chapter 15, we can begin in verse 18. Let's look at verses 18 through 25. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, 
it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what was written in the law. They hated me without reason. So here in this passage, we're already starting to get kind of some, some information about this. And like I said, like father, like son. Well, we are Christians. That means that you know we're supposed to be like Christ. That's what the name Christian means. The, the ending, you take the word Christ and you put the, the ending there for Christian, and it is like Christ. And that's what we're called to be. And we need to recognize that there are just going to be some people who, I know I don't even like using such a strong word, but there are going to be some people who actually hate us for whatever reason. Well, we kind of get a little bit of that reason here in this passage, because he talks about even in verse 18, he says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Now, what I find interesting, and sometimes I am even included in this list, what I find interesting is whenever Christians start to think that they should be treated even better than Jesus was treated. I mean, Jesus himself was put to death and he was mistreated even more times than just that. So why do we as Christians kind of expect like people might respond differently? Now, also at the same time, I think it's important to understand the balance here because it's not like everyone is going to hate you. Not everyone hated Jesus Christ. There were a lot of people who followed him and loved him. Many of them went on and, you know, they wrote the, the different books of the Bible and, and told us about him. But there were also thousands more who still followed him and who still loved him. So not everyone hated him and not everybody is going to hate you or me. But there will be some people who just do. And, and sometimes we might not have done anything at all to them. But if the world hates you, just keep in mind that it hated Jesus Christ first. In fact, we also kind of get toward the end of verse 19. He says that, you know, that is why the world hates him. He already gives us this, this reason. And what, what is the reason for that? The reason is we're really not of this world. You know, he, we don't belong of this world. He has chosen us out of this world. Uh, and also even in uh, chapter 17, the prayer that Jesus prays to the Father is, is very interesting about the disciples' relationship uh, to the world and to our Father. But here Jesus is kind of talking about that. He's talking about how he was choosing his disciples out of the world. Our minds are not supposed to be centered on things of just the world. They're supposed to be centered on the things of Christ. And sometimes the world doesn't like the ways of Christ. We also get in verse 20, probably one of the, uh, the best passages to look at, really. And one of the best verse, kind of a key verse, I guess I would even say. In verse 20, I'm going to read it again. Jesus says, remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. This, I believe, is so important for us to understand. 
Because there are going to be some people who are just going to persecute Christians. Why is that? Well, they persecuted Jesus. There are going to be some people who just obey our teaching. They really obey the teaching of Christ, of course. Well, there were some people who obeyed the teachings of Jesus whenever he was here. So some of the same types of group of people that were around during the days of Jesus are still around today. There are some people who are going to obey. There are some people who are going to just hate and they're going to persecute. But what should we do about that? Now, this passage never tells us that we need to give people reason to hate us. OK, of course, us being Christians, uh, we should not give people reasons to hate us. Jesus did not give people reason to hate him. They just did it. In fact, the whole thing behind this is that they hated me without reason. They didn't have a cause for it. But Jesus did come for some specific reason. And he did tell some things uh, that sometimes people don't want to hear. You know, that there is a difference between right and wrong. And we need to be doing right. We need to be turning away from evil. We need to be following our Heavenly Father. Well, we also get uh, another uh, reason for the persecution that might come our way. In verse 21, it is because of my name. He says, they will treat you this way because of my name. Some people, they don't know Jesus. They don't know God. And because of that, they're gonna treat us bad because we come in the name and the power of Jesus Christ. But Jesus himself tells us in this passage at least one of the reasons why he came. Of course, there's several reasons why Jesus came to earth. But one of them tells us in verse 22 that that he came and, well, I'm just going to read it. Let's just do that. Verse 22. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. See, it, it was to give them, well, to, to put them in a position to where they have no excuse for their sin. You know, before Jesus came, people maybe could have kind of excused about this sin and not really understood everything. They could just, you know, kind of plead that they're ignorant. But now that Jesus has come, we can't do that any longer. We have no excuse for the sin in our life. They have no excuse for the sin in their life. Of course, you can start to see why some people don't like this message. But this message about Jesus is not just to point out our flaws. The message about Jesus is that he came here to give us a, a, a way to get free of that sin, to, to truly have freedom, both in this life and in the life that is to come. Some people hated Jesus without reason. Some people will do the same with us. It goes back to that statement, like father, like son, and like Christian, because we are to be followers of Jesus Christ. But now, right after he says that, that people hated him without reason, he goes on and he gives his disciples some great encouragement. I, I think wonderful encouragement for us to gain here too. The last couple of verses of John 15, verses 26 and 27, Jesus says this, When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. So now here Jesus is saying something. Of course he says that they are going to testify, and they do, they testify. Okay, these disciples, they testify like wonderfully about who Jesus is and you know what he was doing in the world, what he's still doing in the world. Uh, we can read about that in the book of Acts. Uh, I, I love the book of Acts. I, I love the, the testimony that we see from the followers of Jesus. 
they were with him, they're going to give testimony. That's what verse 26, 27 says. But now look at verse 26, though, and I think this is a, a big deal and very important for us to focus on as well. He says that there's an advocate that is going to be coming. Well, the advocate already has come, okay? He's the spirit of truth. And we know that the Holy Spirit came upon the church. In fact, we see the Holy Spirit coming upon the church in the beginning of Acts. Uh, in Acts 1, Jesus once again talks about the Spirit coming. Then in Acts 2, we see on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit does come among the church. And then just pick a chapter from the book of Acts, and you will find the Holy Spirit working and moving among Christians. Because the Holy Spirit is now uh, in the book of Acts and today. He is within the church. He is within Christians. He is working among them. The spirit of truth. This is the advocate who was going to come in John 15, and now we know he has already come. He is the one who is with us, and he can help give us strength. In fact, the strength that he gives us is what Jesus continues on in the next chapter to talk about. John chapter 16, let's look at verses 1 through 11. It's still Jesus speaking to his disciples, and Jesus said, All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you asked me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Okay, so that statement before in the previous chapter, like father, like son, like Christian. If we endure persecution, if we face persecution in this life, if we face hatred that's directed toward us, remember that that was first directed toward Jesus Christ. We are his followers. We don't need to expect to be treated better than what Jesus did. Some people will obey, some people will not. Some people uh, will persecute. But here in this passage, in the next chapter, he encourages them and tells them something new that he hadn't told them from the beginning. But he's telling them this to encourage them because he's about to be going to the Father. He knows this. They should know it, but they don't catch on just yet. But the Advocate is coming. The Holy Spirit is coming. The Holy Spirit is going to strengthen them. He's going to do great things among them this advocate. In fact, the reason why Jesus says all of these things here that we're looking in John 16, he tells them in the very first verse, so that you will not fall away. So this statement, these statements of encouragement should be things that we still encourage one another with today so that we won't fall away, so that we will remain in Jesus Christ, remain following him and acting like him in the world today. These things happen, verse 3, just like what he's been saying, these things happen because they don't know the Father, they don't know him. That's why sometimes bad things might happen to us. But in verse 4, Jesus says, just remember that I warned you about them. Jesus does give us warnings. 
he, he gave his disciples heads up and we get to read about those heads up throughout the, the scriptures. And we find out that, that things were going to be changing. And now we live in that time whenever things have changed. We live in the time, not whenever Jesus is walking here on this earth, but now we live in the time that the Holy Spirit is in the church. He's among the church. He is in Christians. And whenever the Holy Spirit came, things changed. When the Holy Spirit came, uh, the kingdom of God uh, changed to a degree as well. It, it came on the earth as, in a way that it hadn't come before. And we also find out here in verse 8 that there are going to be at least three things that the Holy Spirit is going to prove the world wrong about. And I think, uh, I might be slightly off in this, but I think that this is done largely on an individual basis, but perhaps it could be done you know, more as a group. But, but I really see this a lot, at least, on an individual basis, that it kind of helps each one of us recognize these things. The Holy Spirit can prove the world's thinking wrong whenever it comes to sin. The Holy Spirit can prove that the world is wrong about righteousness. And the Holy Spirit can also prove that the world is wrong about judgment. So whenever you hear people who are controlled by the thinking of the world, and maybe people who are of the world, and if they start talking about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment, and it doesn't match up with what you believe and what you know to be true because Jesus has told us, just remember this passage. The world is wrong about sin, about righteousness, about judgment. In fact, you might find yourself, if you if you are following the world's definition of sin and righteousness and then judgment, it's really weird. And it has been. It, it might even be different from time to time, you know, different worlds that we might live in, so to speak. The world in which we live in is a little different than the world that Jesus lived in. They have their own faults and they have their own problems with looking at sin and righteousness and judgment. But from the scriptures, we understand the need to stay away from sin. We understand we are human beings and sin is what we have done, but it's as Christians, it's not something that we are supposed to, to remain in that state. No, we're supposed to remain in Jesus Christ. We're supposed to remain in his righteousness. And sometimes the world looks at righteousness and thinks of that as a bad thing, a negative thing. It's not. We know that it is truly what is right. And it's what is godly and then judgment we know that judgment is coming but also the way that the judgment is talked about through, throughout john's gospel and i've kind of mentioned this a few times in my sermons but the way that judgment is talked about in john's gospel is you know what we see is whenever we're following jesus we don't have to be afraid of judgment because we can be walking in the light we can be following him we, we can remain in him we can bear this fruit that, you know, those are the things that we looked at uh, this morning. But there's so many different ways that John approaches that. But judgment doesn't need to be something that, that we are scared of. But notice what he does say in verse 11 about that judgment. The prince of this world now stands condemned. Now, the, the prince of this world seems to be talking about Satan himself, that he has some type of control over the world. And he has had for a long time. But you know what? He already stands condemned. He's just waiting, you know, for that, that final uh, announcement of that condemnation. But we as Christians recognize that, that that's something that God has planned in a future event. And yeah, we don't know exactly when that might come, but we as Christians know that we've got to be prepared, that we have, we have to be ready right here and right now, because Judgment Day will come for all of us. 
It doesn't have to be something that's scary to us. Not if we're ones who are remaining in Jesus Christ. Remember that we are called to be like Jesus Christ. And Jesus was like his heavenly father. We just need to be faithful to him and follow him. And then we will know what is right about sin, what is right about righteousness, and what is right about judgment. Holy Father, Holy Father, Holy Father, Holy Father, before your throne I kneel in prayer. Holy Father, Holy Father, Holy Father, Holy Father, before your throne I kneel in prayer. Because I've been baptized by the blood of the Lamb, and I'm working my salvation out. I've been purchased with a price I cannot repay. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, keep me near the cross. Jesus, keep me near the cross, because I've been baptized by the blood of the Lamb, and I'm working my salvation out. I've been purchased with a price I cannot repay. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb.